Hi everyone, this is Heather, and you're listening to Simply Healed with Heather Leonard. Today's episode is called Why Are the Holidays So Hard for Some? Expectations and Experiences. So there's a lot to cover, and I'm looking forward to this one, actually. I think holidays are important to talk about. It's different for everybody, so let's get into it, guys. Thanks for joining today. So why are the holidays so hard for some? I believe it's the misalignment between the expectations and the experiences that we have. I mean, ribbons, cookies, family gatherings, campfires with stockings hung with care. I'm not truly sure if this is a reality for anybody. (laughs) I think the more More of it is like the rushing to get the gifts, Christmas cards needing to get addressed, millions of obligations, dollars flying out the window, and forgetting to order the prime rib. (laughs) It's like, that might be more the experience of it for so many of us. You know, no one's family is the perfect picture of harmony, love, and stories of blissful sugar plums. Yet, (laughs) we still hold extremely high standards for this time of year. I mean, the holidays in reality often expose our innermost problems. Maybe someone in the family is like working too hard and too many long hours. Like it's nothing like the holidays to sort of point this out in a spotlight, right? I mean, perhaps some families spend more time on the image of the perfect Christmas than the actual experience of a good time, right? Like, I mean... I mean, we've talked about this with like Instagram pictures and stuff like that before. I've mentioned about how I think sometimes we want the world to see things, you know, as we want them to be in our mind, but not how they really are, not what it really looks like, you know, and I think this is kind of the similar, similar experience, but also, I mean, just look at what our Christmas cards look like that we send out. We highlight every positive point from throughout the year or one beautiful, blissful picture of a family that's just so happy, you know, but I mean, sometimes if you were to actually be there when that picture was taken, you'd know that the toddler was squirming and crying and smiled for all of two seconds that, you know, the older kids were getting yelled at because their cell phones were in their hands. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not so perfect. So maybe we should start by just, you know, realizing that <laughs> and taking that, you know, in I don't know. It's not that it's a bad thing to try to see like, I mean, who would really, actually, I'd probably really love to see a, a Christmas card with all of the real things that happened. The, you know, the middle child's hair getting pulled by the toddler and the dog barking. And like, actually, I would totally appreciate that. But I do think there's something nice and beautiful about seeing the picturesque family and enjoying the cocoa by the fire or the matching sweaters or whatnot. I guess it's it's good to be able to look back at someday, you know. Ugh, but... There's something to be said for just getting back to like the true authenticity of what the holidays really look like for most of us, you know, and just, oh, we love to put forward our best foot, but I mean, we're all in the same boat in terms of, you know, (laughs) the struggle sometimes, and especially at the holidays when it's such a busy time. Um... But I mean, even for our animals, sometimes they get a bad break at the holidays, like cats trying to climb up the tree because they're confused and dogs drinking from the water beneath it, you know, forgetting all about their schedule (laughs) because we're so busy with all of our other stuff. You know, it's like we suffer from temporary insanity. I mean, I'm kidding, but I'm not kidding. It's crazy. 
So for me, the holidays are exciting and something that I look forward to every single year, despite the recent loss of my husband. So why, some might wonder, (laughs) and it's because of my faith. I mean, I really celebrate Christmas as Christ's birthday, to the point where when my kids and I get up in the morning on Christmas morning, we sing happy birthday to Jesus every Christmas morning. Because I don't want to forget. Like, it is very easy. I mean, we all sort of talk about how we've taken Christ out of Christmas and how the, you know, it's not in the schools anymore. And it's not, you know, it's not something that we even like acknowledge, which seems to me to be missing the entire point, right? No matter what the preparations did or didn't happen this year, despite the chaos and the crazy of the holidays the faith part doesn't change. So if you have that, it's like the one solid thing that can hold together ensuring that you have a beautiful holiday season. I mean, it reminds me of like Dr. Seuss's The Grinch, when despite taking all of the holiday festivities and gifts from under the Who's homes or, you know, and they're still standing there at that center of the town, all around that tree, singing carols and celebrating the spirit of the day. And have we like lost that, you know, as a community? Do you think we really still have that? Because when I watched that, we just watched the play at our local school performance. And I was thinking to myself, that's not something that we truly do anymore. Like, I don't, I think if people had their homes robbed at Christmas time and, you know, everything just kind of fell apart, we'd fall apart. (laughs) excuse me, sorry, still trying to get over this lovely holiday flu. (laughs) So anyway, I think that we we would crumble. I don't know that we have that inner resilience that those who's did as they gathered around and still like just without even a hesitation, just embraced still that it's still Christmas morning, you know? And so, I mean, when I talk about holidays, it's not just about Christmas. I mean, this all starts around Thanksgiving time, I would say where people start feeling like that loss. So what's the difference? All right, let's go to Halloween for a second because that happens right before Thanksgiving. I don't often hear people talking about how hard the holidays are going to be in reference of including Halloween. So my mind started to think about like, why, you know, what is it? What makes that holiday different? Well, um, I think in large part, it's tradition. Um, I don't, I mean, we have traditions at Halloween, don't get me wrong. And it was one of my husband's favorite holo, um, holidays just cause he loved the idea of like the kids getting dressed up and candy and like the fun of it. Like we still had that like fun from our childhood lingering in our, you know, mind's eye where I think both of us just got real excited for it. But, um, you know, it's not as if without him there, there seemed to be that empty seat at the table. You know what I mean? Like the traditions that we had around Halloween didn't require all members to be present. They didn't necessarily have, everybody didn't have like their own role, maybe. I don't know. But for sure, once Thanksgiving comes, tradition and all these things set in and it's all about family and togetherness and the holiday itself is about the coming together and the being grateful and i think that's where things start to get rocky right because it's so hard to find gratitude when things are bad and tough so i think when a lot of people that struggle with the holidays it's because here's a time of year where everybody else is giving thanks and so grateful for what they have and they're so focused on the lack and the loss. It's like, I can't focus on what's so good right now because it feels like nothing is good. 
You know, that's like that resounding, like, that thing that I hear all the time. It's like, yeah, but what do I have to be grateful for, you know? And so it starts with that, Thanksgiving, and then quickly snowballs into Christmas time, which again comes back to, like, tradition, year after year of a common way of celebrating and doing it together. And not just, I mean, it's Jesus's birthday, but we're not presenting Jesus with gifts. We're often presenting one another with gifts. And so all throughout the year, maybe at a birthday we do this, but besides that, we tend to lack in that area in our day-to-day life of like showing gratitude to those that we love and giving them gifts to say, hey, I care about you and I'm grateful for you and I want you to know that I love you. And it's like without that person there to not only give but receive that from us, there's a hole, there's an emptiness. So I think that's where in loss for a lot of people, um, and it doesn't have to be like for me, is loss of spouse is big. Um, for people that have lost a child, that's big. Losing a parent, also big, but maybe less present at the physical day of um, or at your dinner table depends on your family dynamic. And some families, that generation is still in the home, is still present at all those holidays. And then also I think that lack is noticed more. But um, I think that's in a large part why our older community struggles through holidays. They've lost so many people. Um, and I think that for the people that are in younger generations who also struggle with the holidays, it could just be that lack of the familiarity of what you loved about the day. You know, let's say your parents have been divorced, but you might really miss and long for the days of everybody together around the Christmas tree in the morning and, you know, just enjoying that meal and all those things, you know, it felt good. And so we almost like grieve the loss of that. And it's like highlighted at a holiday. Um, And so it's not just loss. I don't think it's just loss. Like I said, it could be change, like a divorce or something that major, Um, But it also is just like, let's say you never had loss or major loss, um, you know, in your tight knit group um, or you've not gone through divorce or anything like that. But yet there's still this like um, darkness or like blue kind of feeling around the holidays. I come back again to this expectation. We put so much on the idea of a perfect, like even in just the images and commercials and um, TV shows and in a book, you see this like dinner table with the turkey at the center and all the fixings and everybody there gathered and holding hands and saying, you know, grace or whatever it is. It just looks like this picturesque, beautiful, perfect day. Candles lit. Like, I don't know what your household looks like at Thanksgiving, but for me, it's like, oh my gosh, everything is done at once, but now I have to somehow get it all into the dishes to present it to the table and carve the turkey at the same time, but don't let those rolls get cold and, oh no, I need to start this and I need to put that in the oven and it's chaotic. I don't know many households that have it all put together where it all arrives at the table all at one moment Everybody's sitting quietly and in peace when the head of household brings it from the kitchen to the table and somebody, you know, the, the male, um, role model in the family carves the perfect, you know, first slice. (laughs) It's just so weird that we have an image of what it should be, but no matter what, it's an expectation held so high and up on the, like the biggest pedestal that 
who could ever, <laughs> who could ever have that? I mean, ever. And it's like maybe every so often a glimmer of that or a glimpse. And then like we really relish like that's such a perfect family memory we have because it came so close to that, you know, image that we have held in our minds since childhood of what it should look like, like should. Oh, those shoulds. <laughs> should, 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 should. Yeah, so I think that then we get pretty blue and bummed out when it's not that. And then it's like all this rush and to do to just be over. Or let's say everybody's sitting and then, oh no, the turkey's not fully cooked. It's a little underdone. Or, oh shoot, I knew I forgot something. I forgot the gravy. Or, you know what I mean? Like there's always something that might like just make it like, oh, the letdown, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Or like, you know, my, your cousin didn't make it. And then they had like, we, you know, they're missing somebody or... So, yeah. You burnt the turkey or whatever it is. And then Christmas. I mean, if only we could hold that standard of Christmas just being about celebrating Jesus being born. And like my kids sometimes on Christmas Eve, we love to go to the mass. And that's how our family celebrates sort of that part of the story of it all, which is the whole story. But even then, sometimes my kids, you know, we're making cookies. We're watching, you know, fun Christmas movies or whatever, and they don't necessarily want to get dressed up and go out. And it's a tough one. It's like, what, how do I even, you know, I, I say to my kids all the time, and, and again, I'm not trying to sell my religion to you here, please. Like, you know, you don't have to, but this is for our family. Like, I'll just say to my kids, you know, God gave us life. Like everything you see around you is all because of God and Jesus. And here we are like complaining because we have to give an hour of a day. It's his birthday. <laughs> like it's like saying, you know, like your your friend Joe is having his birthday and like I'm disappointed I have to go celebrate with him. <laughs> like I'd rather stay at home and open my own presents. How selfish have we become? <laughs> when you really put it in that perspective, like what on earth is going on here? Do Are we really that removed from what the day is? Because if you tell me right now that you're having a hard time following this episode because I really don't have faith or I'm not like, you know, here she goes talking about God again or whatever you might be thinking in your mind, but you celebrate all of the Christmas traditions, what on earth? It's like somebody telling me that like I don't celebrate birthdays, but then like I'm having this big birthday blowout this weekend. What? <laughs> you know what I mean? I really want you to think on that for a minute because you either need to be all in or you're not but you can't just take the parts that you love about it and celebrate them and then the parts that like might be hard or that you really you know have a tough time with you just choose to block out you don't get to pick and choose like that it's not like well I don't do birthdays but I'll happily have some of your cake you know or I'll I don't know, show up for your 21st birthday because that one sounds like a good time. But <laughs> the rest of them I've missed out on all these years. <laughs> it's funny, like we, we kind of are selfish sometimes without even realizing. So it is so important to kind of just look back and reflect on yourself regularly and what you do and what you say. And do they like <laughs> clash, you know? Does what you believe in and what you actually practice and do, do they go together? Um... You know, my son has a good friend who doesn't do holidays, and it's really interesting to watch my son try to maneuver that 
because, you know, an adult brain, we can, we can figure that out pretty easily. But, you know, as I've watched him grow up with this um, experience with a friend, he wants so badly to show his love and appreciation for his friend in the way that he's grown up knowing how to do that, how to celebrate another person, you know, and you give him a big present at their birthday and you tell them happy birthday when you see them and you ask them questions about, you know, what, where they're going for the holidays or what they're doing, you know, at Christmas or what did you get or what did, you know, like those are the things that excite his little mind. Cause he's like wanting to share what gets him excited. Like the first day he did his advent calendar this year, he wanted to talk to his friend about it and be like, Oh, I got a chocolate, whatever. And like, did you start your advent? And like, but he didn't, he didn't know how to maneuver it. He didn't know what to do. And even when he celebrated his birthday this year, he was so torn because his birthday list for him had to start with this friend of his. It was like his, you know, person like this. He's got to be there. But am I going to be insulting him by inviting him? So, <laughs> you know, it starts when we're little, like, uh, but it's complex. <laughs> what The way we do this stuff is really complicated. And so I've had to explain to him, there's nothing wrong with asking questions and communicating. You know, you can ask him where he draws the line and where his boundaries are and what he believes in. And like, you don't have to be afraid of it because it's different. You know, the only way to really know and experience what he's experiencing is to know what that is. You know, what does that mean? Do you not, you know, have faith or do you have faith in God? Is this like, um, just because, you know, you have anxiety around social things. Is he like nervous to be around big gatherings and parties or like, there's all kinds of things that could play into one person's decision to choose not to celebrate holidays. But like in the absence of asking the questions, you're just going to fill in the blanks with your own ideas and guesses and and probably a lot of misinformation and untruths, you know? Because when he told me he didn't celebrate the holidays, I automatically assumed he's like an atheist or a um, you know, I didn't know. But then later conversations, he said something that made me think, "Oh, no, no, he believes in God. They don't their faith doesn't believe in some of these other, you know, parts of the celebratory you know, aspects of it, but like it, we had to talk and that told me that he hadn't asked enough questions of his friend. Um, so it has to start really young with like encouraging our children to just not be afraid to ask the questions. Um, sometimes I think my youngest has experienced feeling like he doesn't want to be offensive by asking the wrong questions because somebody's of a different color or because they celebrate a different holiday or whatever it is. He's afraid if what he asks might hurt their feelings. So it's really funny that he's already beginning this dance all on his own to try to make it okay for them. When in reality, they probably would love for him to ask the questions and learn about their culture, their experience, but he's fearful of offending. Um, so sometimes we just all have to drop the, like, you know, being easily offended or being worried about offending and all that. And just the key being communication. You know, I don't know that I've ever run into somebody who's like offended by a question because when somebody's really, truly coming from an inquisitive place of wanting to learn more, it's usually not offensive. It's more offensive when someone makes an assumption 
and then, you know, makes that somehow a truth, (laughs) you know? I think I'd be more offended by that. Somebody assuming to know something about me based on things I've said or things I've seen, never asking, and then making that, no, this is what it is. This is, this is how Heather is. You know what I mean? Like, I'd rather them just flat out put it on the table. Ask me. Like, what does that mean? Does this, what you know, do you believe this? Do you believe that? Um, I don't ever get offended. And actually, sometimes it even makes me pause and question my own self because I wonder, oh, is that what I'm actually communicating with either my words or my actions? That's what people are getting from me. So I need to change that if I haven't been putting out there how I really feel. So it's good for both sides, you know? Um I've been talking about communication a lot this week in terms of getting what you need from others and all of that. But boy, when it comes to the holidays, we could all use to talk a little bit more. And even in that, like that's part of the beauty of the holiday, right? It's supposed to be about gathering, coming together, and it should be about sitting around and talking, sharing old memories, um, all that stuff. Communication should be a big part of holidays. And so, yeah, some people won't have that this year. Some people will be very much alone um, and loneliness is is sometimes a very, very scary thing. I've talked about that on this podcast. Um, it can be a really dangerous thing. So I encourage everybody to go out, talk to the people who are alone, make sure they're not alone, ask the questions, have the conversations, find out about some stories from their past. What was some of their favorite holidays? What were some of the worst? You know, people really dance around um, talking about the bad stuff. And it's so ironic to me because for me and many of the people I know in my group that I've spoken with, we love to talk about our people. Like a lot of people will not bring up your deceased loved one because that feels like I am bringing up a painful subject for you. That is not the case for me. You are bringing up a beautiful memory, a wonderful gift of my life that I don't want I don't want to forget and I don't want you to forget. So for me, talking about it is life giving. It's, you know, it really is. It's like I'm getting my pulse back. You know, I just, I love and crave that. I actually love to be around the people who like to talk about them the most because that makes me happy. So, you know, communication is going to be up there for many of us. Of course, as always, there's people that will be an exception to that. So how do you know where they fall? (laughs) communication. Ask them. (laughs) And usually more often than not, you're going to get an honest answer and then you're going to know exactly how to navigate. So more after the quick break, guys. Thanks for joining. Connection Beyond Struggle for a Grieving Soulmate is the name of my private Facebook group that is aimed at coaching and supporting people through really soul-crushing loss, especially that of a spouse, Uh, and it is powerful. There's many bodies in there, and there are many different viewpoints, and it's beautiful because not only am I giving my free coaching every week, but on top of that, you get the benefit of other people going through it who have figured out how to maneuver things all on their own, and, you know, we don't all do things the same way, so, you know, there's strength in numbers, and for sure, there are many in there also with crushed hearts, trying to move forward and figure out how best to do it. So if you would like a invitation to join that group, hop on over to my podcast description for today and you can find the link there. All right, guys, back to the show. 
So when you were little, did you ever have that one Christmas gift that you just so wanted? Um, I think of the Christmas story movie with the kid. What is it? The BB gun that he wanted so badly. You know, the one thing that's like of all things, I just want that thing. Um, I just actually, this just reminded me of a whole nother story I just read somewhere. That was a really beautiful story about um, a kid whose father did something beautiful for a neighbor at the holidays. But um, anyway, I don't know. That's just a side note. <laughs> Boy, sometimes. Anyway, it was. it's like one of those stories coming across Facebook, I think, that I just was like amazed by because it was a beautiful tale of just, um, you know, this kid who so longed for this one gift. And then in the end, his parents had decided that instead of doing for their own family, you know, they were going to make sure their neighbors had shoes on their feet and you know, a warm fire and all these things. And it was a widow next door um, and she had young children. And anyway, the the lesson that that child learned that Christmas was so big and powerful. Anyway, beautiful story, but total sidetrack there. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so I was just thinking back to like the childhood wants and desires. Do you think that maybe this is where it begins, that whole um, like depression at the holidays and the letdown? Because... A lot of people will still think back and remember that thing they wanted that they didn't get. And that's kind of sad, right? I mean, if you really think about it, it is beyond just... I'm not saying it's sad for that poor child that didn't receive that thing. And I think maybe you know that's what I meant. Is that I mean it's sad that we put so much reliance on a thing that even years later people will still remember that thing they didn't get at the holidays. Um, you know, and the holiday blues thing. I mean, I think in a large part comes down to like letdowns, right? Expectations that are high of being perfect and then not, um, you know, sometimes kids just blaze through present opening in like minutes and yet you expect it to be like, take all day and relish and cherish each gift and take the time to want to open it up and touch it first before you move on to the next thing and run over and give a hug to the person that gave it to you and be so grateful. Um, but sometimes because we've transitioned so much to it being a holiday about the things, it becomes more of like a tearing through. And then all those details, you know, the cute little label and with the like maybe little pet name on it or, you know, the fancy ribbons and bows, they just get torn through and tossed aside. And I mean, that's as much a letdown to the person who gave the gift as to the one maybe receiving it because the person that gave it put so much time into it and it's kind of overlooked. And then the person who's receiving it, you know, doesn't even truly receive it. They see it. That's it. They look at it. They move on, you know, so we need to slow down. That's one big part of all this. We need to slow down and take it in. I know my brother, he probably listens to this and goes, stop talking about me. <laughs> no, he's not said that to me yet, but he's probably thinking it. But I know he relishes the whole gift opening and that, that time together. He makes his family slow down and it's so beautiful to see because he doesn't want it to be a race and over in five minutes, you know? I could call them sometime after noontime to talk to them and they're still opening their gifts. And it's not because they have 50 million things under the tree. It's because they have patiently, you know, one person at a time likely unwrapped, not like, oh, both kids have a gift in their hand. Okay, now you can open first. It's crazy, right? Slow down, take it in, you know, look at the person in the eyes that gave you a gift and 
not make it all about the gifts, you know, make it more about doing cookies in the kitchen or making breakfast together as a family, Uh, you know, slow down and take in some of those moments. Because ironically, I think most families can say, looking back at past Christmases, those memories that like hang on with you often are those ones, the ones where you were like, all in the kitchen together telling stories and making you know bacon and pancakes together and like not like blazing through tearing open presents under the tree like they probably don't even remember what they got you know the next year so it's not about that but I mean my favorite holiday is Christmas Eve and I think some people think I'm crazy but because it has nothing to do with opening presents and what I get or what some you know even someone else opening what I gave them It's that anticipation and the fun and the tradition and the, you know, putting the lights on the tree and letting it just like make the room look beautiful and, you know, sitting, cuddling with my kids on the couch, letting them eat their dinner at the couch, which is funny, but it's our tradition. And that night they get to eat it on the couch. We put down some blankets like it's a picnic or something. And we watch the fun holiday cartoons that they love and, um, you know, they always get to open a present that night. And I think a lot of families do this where they give the gift of like pajamas or something every year. Well, anyway, we do that every year and I love it. And now I love that they love it and they love it not because of what they're getting or doing even. They love that tradition of it. You know, it's become a thing and it's something that you knew you loved last year and you knew you loved the year before. Can't even always remember why or the what. Can't remember what you opened. Can't remember what you watched on the TV or what you ate for the meal. But we remember that togetherness and we remember the the day where I didn't pick my phone up all day. They didn't have their tablets open. We didn't like, you know, go, go, go. We stayed in. We were together. You know, we cuddled up with the dog and it's the little things. I mean, these are the things that we cherish and hang on to and want to then pass on to the next generation as tradition and then usually build on it a little or do it just a smidge different or whatever. But, you know, there's something beautiful in that. Like my niece, I think she looks forward now when she comes up, she knows that I'm going to bake something with her because every time... They come up. I love that. I love to have like a little like we did ninja bread cookies <laughs> one year. And then the next year we just did these like cake pop, um, like Christmas ornaments and presents and things like, you know, it's fun. Like we get to decorate them and eat way more candy and sugar than we should have. Um, and we eat more than we actually cook usually in the making of it. <laughs> but they're allowed to kind of do it their way, which usually what do we do with kids in a kitchen? Like we give them instructions. We make sure that when they're cracking the egg, none of the shells get in. And we, you know, this is like a free for all. I usually make it like almost where you can't mess up <laughs> too badly. Like there's not a lot of measuring and stuff going on. It's like just mash this stuff together or just, you know, that kind of thing. Make it real simple. Or even with the cookies, like maybe I've already cooked, like they get to do the cookie cutter part where they cut them all out and put them on the thing. Then I let them go play while they cook and bake and whatever. And I take them off and put them on a, and then they get to come back and decorate, you know? And so once again, like, instead of like gauging and saying, Oh, I'll take it easy on that. No, just go nuts. <laughs> if you want to have a, a gumball and a candy cane and a, you know, Reese's, 
peanut butter cup and sprinkles and sugar and it's all piled up with a Hershey Kiss on top. Like, do you? <laughs> They're probably not going to do it again next year after they have the bellyache. But like they remember that and they don't remember necessarily the what, just the how it made them feel that we were together. Because easily what can happen sometimes at these holidays is like when they come over immediately, my you know, youngest, the youngest two in both of our families and the oldest two disappear to their prospective rooms and they all play up there but by themselves, not the four all together and not with the parents. It's like we all separate, you know? And I just like to bring back together, especially at the holidays. Like I like us in the same room. I like us listening to Christmas music. I like us being around one another and making some new memories. So Maybe this holiday season for you isn't looking the same as it has in the past and that sort of like veering away from tradition has it feeling a little scary. Uh, What I encourage everybody to do, find some familiarity that feels good. You know, I mean, even with the loss of my husband, so maybe sitting next to him on the couch at night watching this traditional movie we always watched while we did our Christmas cards and all that can't be the same. But instead of letting it be miserable, I'm still going to put that same movie on. I'm still going to curl up on the couch, maybe with a warm cocoa or tea or whatever, and do my cards so it still feels like a piece of that tradition is still there. So maybe my favorite part of the tradition with my husband by my side isn't there in the same sense, but he's not gone. The relationship still exists and he's just in a different form. I see it as though spiritually he's still right there with me. That's something we did every year. It's something he's not going to miss. It's something I can almost feel him closer by when I do that tradition in his absence. I feel him closer because I know he's nearby. I know this is not something he would miss ever in life. So certainly not in death. So for us, we still go through the motions. We still make it as much like the old way as we can because having a tree up still, putting the, you know, all the stockings on the fireplace, including his, even though he's not here. Um, I don't know if I've talked about this before, but I'll even like at the holidays, I still stuff his stocking with things that we can enjoy, the chocolates and the whatever, like that he loved. So it still brings aspects that we adored to the forefront so we can still enjoy that day. And it doesn't have to be just about the absence. Instead, it can be about you know, what's left, what's still here to be grateful for and remembering and celebrating the things of the Christmas pasts that we loved so much. So I just refuse to let the hard sadness of what's missing that day wreck an entire holiday season for me, which holiday seasons are everything. For me, they're life. They are what give me energy and excitement. I mean, I will say on like March 25th, Oh, only nine more months till Christmas. You know, I make my like old co-workers used to be like eye rolling at me all the time because I just get excited. I get excited for the holidays, but I get excited for like vacations. I get excited for whatever you get excited about. Let yourself stay lit up about those things. Don't let things, the tough stuff in life, make those things any dimmer. You know what I mean? Like those are the things that still make your soul sing a little. So like still do them. I mean, it's not, uh, things won't always stay the same. No matter how much we want to resist change because it's just human nature, things will change no matter what. So like strap on, like buckle up, you know what I mean? Like get the, be ready, it's coming. And then just 
do the thing. Don't let it like hi- be highlighted by the absence of your person or the what's not the same as it was before that you loved so much. That's okay. Things will change. We can roll with the punches. Something tells me that someday you're going to look right back at this very moment in time and wish it was this way. Because maybe next year you don't have three other people at your table or, you know, the kids have moved out or, you know, the dog has since passed or whatever. So just celebrate what is right here and now and know that someday this very moment in time will be something you look back at and cherish as a, a memory that was beautiful And man, if I had only known then how good it was and how great I had it, you know? So just relish it now. And that's how we just tackle it and continue to wear smiles. And yes, we have heavy hearts. And yes, we let some tears roll. And of course, we talk about what we're missing on that day. But we also talk about, oh my gosh, dad would so love this right now, wouldn't he? He'd be all about this. This would be like his favorite part of the day. Oh, and my littlest, how sweet is this? They have like a little Christmas bazaar thing at our church where the kids get to do the shopping for the adults um, and for all for anybody in their family and everything is like $3 and under. So it's so cute. And there's items that are worth more than that, but like they've been donated and stuff so the kids can afford them. So the beautiful part is that my youngest one was going through what he got for everybody. I kind of wanted to make sure he didn't forget like his cousins or his, um, you know, godparents or whatever. I was kind of like going through to make sure they didn't forget anybody that later they were going to say, oh, shoot, I should have gotten something for them. So as he's going through his bag, he goes, and dad, and I'm like, wait, what? You got something for your dad? He was like, yeah, I mean, he's not going to be able to open it, but we all can. And I was like, that is so sweet. That is like, that fills my heart up because that's what I've been trying to instill in them since the loss of my husband is like, we still go on. We go on in a big, beautiful way and we take him with us. And how much of a gift is it to see that in its physical, like it actually happening, that my youngest embraced that idea to the point where he's still buying him a Christmas gift and excited for us to just do it, like help him open it. Like he's still here. Let's, we'll open it for him. It's so sweet. I love it. And I just wish for every single one of you to find that, find a way to still bring, bring with you all the things of holidays past that you miss, bring them forward. And don't set some huge high expectation that this year is going to be so perfect and everything's going to be so whatever. Let it just be. Let it just unravel and play out and enjoy it. Take it in and enjoy it for what it is. It's messy, imperfect way that it unfolds is beautiful and will someday be a memory that you cherish. So right now you're living the memory. Just know that. Know that someday this will this too will be a moment to look back at and say, yeah, that was good. I didn't even know how good it was. Oh my gosh, look, I could still stand that Christmas. My back didn't hurt. You know, who knows what tomorrow or next Christmas could be like. So just be like all in the full glory of what it is. And don't forget the focus of what the holiday is. If it's Thanksgiving, be grateful. If it's Christmas, say happy birthday, Jesus. And do not deny yourself of celebrating the actual thing, the actual birthday of a person, you know, and thanking them for that. And, you know, like anytime you can find gratitude, it just brings forward so much more positive stuff. But I just think 
the holidays, the new year, all of it, it offers promise and hope and excitement. But if you build it up to be so important and has to be so structured in a certain way, it's just bound to let you down. So don't do that. Don't make it have to be anything. Just enjoy what it is and it's beautiful, glorious mess. <laughs> and then just, you know what I mean? Just relish in that because someday I'm not going to have a messy Christmas. I'm going to be back to having white twinkly lights on my tree. Today I get to celebrate bright rainbow, you know, twinkly lights and homemade ornaments. And someday my tree is not going to be like that. Um, you know, maybe I'll even be too old to have a big tree. I might have to have a tiny little tabletop tree because I can't pick up and take down, you know, a big one. So like just every single thing, know that someday it might change. It might be different. So just take it in and love it for what it is. And if you are somebody who is like, well, I don't even think I'm going to put a tree up this year. Rethink that. Just rethink it. Because if it brought you joy, if it is something that, you know, you do enjoy on any level, Maybe it'll help bring some of that good stuff back up to light and life. And you know what I mean? It doesn't have to be the way it used to be. It can be the tiny tabletop tree. It doesn't have to be the huge one. Or it could be a fake tree instead of a real one. Or whatever. Whatever works for you. And doesn't cause too much extra work and stress. And like we don't need to pile on here. But, you know, maybe if you decide I really can't just do the tree, maybe you just put some lights up in the room. So in the room that you spend your time sitting in. So when you're sitting there, you can just have this little twinkling glow around a fireplace or something, you know, somehow find a little nugget of something good that you still love about the holiday season and then just savor it. And I hope for you guys that you have many more beautiful holidays and that this holiday season is kind to you and that you're kind to yourself. Like, just know everything isn't perfect and nobody's perfect is really perfect behind, you know, what's behind the curtain, right? There is a wizard back there and it's not a... It's not usually pretty, <laughs> right? So like when we all peel back the curtains and really reveal what our true, I mean, my room right now is a mess. It's a mess because there's Christmas presents that aren't wrapped. I'm trying to get organized. It's, it's a wreck. I'm not going to lie. But you won't see that when you see me go live on Facebook. You won't hear it when you're listening to my voice on a podcast. You won't have any clue about that. Just know, though, that we're all a perfect mess <laughs> or an imperfect disaster or <laughs> whatever you want to call it. But it, and it, it, that's what makes it beautiful, you know? It is those things that I'll probably look back at and be like, oh, I miss when this room used to be trashed because, you know, I had to hide the presents from my kids and you know, you're going to miss all of it someday. So for now, whatever you still have to hang on to, uh, hang on tight. And you know, no matter where you are in your life, I don't care if you're in your 90s, I believe in my heart of hearts that there is still something that is really good in your life. Something. And if you can't find it, if you really, really lost to find it, you know, sometimes just that act of going out and doing for others donating your time or whatever it is it can like reap beyond like what you think you know you could create a whole new family experience by you know connecting to community and there's a lot of ways to get involved at the holidays that can feel really good on your heart so I hope you find that for yourself and that's it for today guys I appreciate you joining continuing to listen and I hope that your holidays are absolutely beautiful until the next time guys stay safe stay well and thanks for joining